0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Right, friends, welcome to another episode of Hispanic Wealth Matters. And today I have the honor of having a great guest on the show, Ms. Trisha Turner. She's a broker and CEO of Trisha Turner Properties Group. And she happens to also be a co-author and collaborator on a book that we were both authors in. So I got familiar with Trisha's story and I wanted to share it with everyone um, and you'll see very shortly why. First, I think you are an incredibly bright person, Tricia. And I think that you are such a great leader. And as I saw some of your stuff, I really wanted to broadcast that into the world. And I think it's so needed today. Um, Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Cool. So we start every episode with the origin story. What's your origin story? Oh,
1: wow. It goes deep, you guys. So I'm going to let y'all know, you know, I could have been a homeless drug addict, prostitute, and I'm not. I got kicked out of my house when I was 17. I was uh, kicked out of school when I was 17, or I chose, I guess, to leave school, I should say. I um, was addicted to drugs as well. Um, I am no longer any of those things. None of that defined me. I'm a real estate broker. I've been in real estate for over 20 years. Um, definitely do not do drugs. I have three beautiful kids. Um, went through a divorce in 08 during the mortgage industry crash. And at that time, I was actually a lender. So I was in the real estate industry, but lending at that time. So I did that for six years. And my husband at the time was in real estate. So we had a you know building empire going on and went through that divorce in 08 at the same time as the mortgage industry crashed. And my whole world was crazy because I had three little kids in a commission-based income going through a divorce, and the banks weren't wanting to loan anybody any money. So nobody was buying houses. And it was a super dark time in my life. And at the end of 2010, I decided, you know what, this is not for me. I'm not even going to try this lending thing anymore. I'm going right back into real estate sales full time on my own because I'm not, um you know, I'm not married. I'm a single parent. And I got these three kids I got to take care of. And it's up to me, period. And my ex-husband didn't help financially. Uh In fact, he went to prison. He wasn't even around. So I took care of those kids. And it was just hustle. No days off. I maxed out my cards, my credit cards, buying leads on realtor.com and I went into over $100,000 worth of credit card debt. But I made it, I made it, and I made it to where my kids never had to ask for anything, they never had to want for anything. They are happy young adults today, and I have a real estate company that runs successfully and has for many years, and I coach and train agents, and as well as I'm still in production still.
0: So I, I, that's incredible. You're giving me a goosebumps lot. of everything that that you went through, and I remember, in you know, 08 how difficult it was i myself lost a few homes and um probably homes i shouldn't have had in the first place (laughs) but uh it was um it was it was an incredible difficult time and then you added and compounded on top of that i mean i didn't have any kids back then and you know it was just myself you had kids and a divorce what kept you motivated during a time that most people would break
1: you know, honestly, at that time, it was in 2010, I had never really read a book in its entirety. I wasn't an avid reader. I would, you know, look at bits and pieces of things, never in its entirety. And I had so much hatred for my ex-husband because I came from a divorced family. So I never wanted my kids to come from a divorced family, but it was out of my control. He was a horrible husband and I, and I couldn't have it anymore. And so I had so much hatred for him and I needed to forgive him. And so I started going to Lakewood church number one. And then Joyce Meyer, I got um, turned on to her and she, I listened to her speaking in the mornings at seven 30 in the mornings. And she was talking about forgiveness and how you got to forgive you know, the people that hurt you or you can't be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I had such hatred towards him. I couldn't really focus on how to move forward unless I got past that. And so she had plugged one of her books she had written on forgiveness. And so I started getting up at 4 a.m. And I was like, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. before my kids are up. I'm going to read a chapter in her book every day. I started reading the Bible and I've always worked out. So I would get up, Read a chapter in her book. Read read a, a scripture passage in the Bible. Work out for an hour and have all of my mind, right mind and body and soul before my kids even got up. And her book was the first book I ever finished in its entirety. And when I got done with the book, I actually could, I wouldn't say 100% forgive him, but forgive him enough to be able to have peace within my soul. And I was like, holy crap, that made such an impact on my life. If I can read a book. Like all the time and change my life. Like, what is that going to do for me? It's only going to improve my life. And so at that point, I made it a part of my morning routine. This is what I do. I'm going to read scripture every morning out of the Bible and a devotional book. And then I'm going to read a chapter or 10 pages or however long that is in a self help book to help me expand my mind. And I started that in 2010, towards the latter part of 2010. And it has changed my life. And I spend anywhere from at least three hours every morning on my mind, body, and soul. So I get up at four o'clock in the morning, sometimes three thirty. So I that I have that. That.
0: that that is you are the definition of grit. Like that is just pushing through, waking up early, doing taking care of yourself, doing all those things, and to do that, I think, and I, and I do have these conversations with people often, but I say to do that. It's like Kobe Bryant talks, talked about a lot about that, right? And it's like you have to expand your day. The other yeah. way to expand your day is to sacrifice going to bed earlier, missing out on yeah. some things, but waking up earlier and getting so many more hours of, yes. of daylight, I suppose. I commend you for that because it's not easy to do. And you <laughs> did it during a very difficult time where it's easy to stay in bed and it's easy to hold that pillow and just cry it out. So that was really interesting to me. You have a coin phrase, and I'm going to say it now because I really loved it, and I want you to speak on it. And your your phrase is, pay attention to who you pay attention to. Can you expand on that?
1: Oh my gosh, I can. (laughs) And I've been saying that I'm like, I say it to everybody, you know, and and it kind of sickens me. You look at social media and you look at the news and everybody's a life coach or they're a real estate coach or they're a financial advisor. And it's like, what have you really done that you're going to be able to lead me to where I want to go? But everybody's doing it and they have no track record to prove any any level of success, yet they want to charge this exorbitant amount of money and people fall for it every single day. And it's like, you know what, number one, I do believe in coaching. I do believe in mentoring from the right people. You got to pay attention to those people, like vet them. Do they really know what they're talking about? Can they really get you to where they want to go? Or is it just another $9.97 a month and I'm going to be able to show you all these shiny object syndromes that you're also going to buy? A lot of it is right here in your brain. It's in your mindset, you know, and I go to Lakewood Church and Joel Osteen said it at a service one day and it just stuck with me. He's like, you have to think of your body like a ship. So a ship goes out to sail and it's controlled sometimes just by buttons or these very little tiny things controls this massive ship that is out there in the middle of the water. And it's fine. Nothing happens to that ship. It's loaded with thousands of pounds of weight, people, everything. Nothing happens as long as water does not get in. But -hmm. if that ship has the subtlest little crack and water penetrates and it starts to enter this ship... Then you're off and more comes in and you're really off and you sink, you drown, people drown, people die. Your body's the same way. So he was like, every day you have to get up and you have to put on this suit of armor. Like nothing's going to take me down today. God says that I'm supposed to live this prosperous life. I'm going to bank on his promises and I'm not going to listen to this negativity. I'm going to know that as long as I get up every day and do what I'm supposed to do and do the right things in the right order, pay attention to the right people, I will get to where I'm supposed to go.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think you're 100% right. And I think that he comes a lot of times from a place of, I don't want to say desperation, but need, need to be led. But I think that there has to be a vetting process in oh, order yeah. to choose who you're going to follow So I really like that statement and your your, your phrase. Um, You said once after you get your commission check, you, uh, you're unemployed again. That is not a way to live. You and I are both in the real estate industry And this can also connect to anybody that's an entrepreneur and anybody that's self-employed. Tell me about that.
1: It's funny that you said that because literally today, so I run a team here in Houston and one of our agents, she's one of our top producers, love her to death. She has amazing energy. She's so successful. She can get overwhelmed. And right now we are inundated with leads coming into the system and not enough agents to work them. So she literally reached out to our CRM manager and said, go ahead and pull me out of lead rotation. I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, what you don't realize is that, yes, you're working on deals and you're working on your pipeline, but you've got a couple of things that are set to close. When those things close, you don't have anything else solid in your pipeline. You're unemployed. And people don't realize that in the real estate industry. It's like you go to that closing and if you don't have a stacked pipeline, you don't have another paycheck coming. You are unemployed. And unless you get out there and hustle, and you know as well as I do in the real estate world, everything's like a 90-day cycle. Just because you got a list listing today, you're not getting paid tomorrow. You may get paid in 90 days or it could be six months from now. Same with the buyer. So it's so important for people to realize like you've got to have a steady flow of things coming into your pipeline, people that you're closing, or every time you get that paycheck, you're unemployed and you're like, oh crap, where's my next paycheck coming from? I don't have anything. And then they start freaking out.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, it's been a really tough time for certain industries, obviously oh, yeah. the real estate industry. And I've had a lot of conversations from different walks of life about this topic. And I agree with you. You know, when I, when I talk to my team, when I talk to, to agents, I tell them the job is building a pipeline. That's yep. the real job. I, I learned uh, before I did this, landing exclusively, I was in wealth management for a long time. And I remember one time this guy was like, he tells me, he goes, you know who's worried about pipelines? I was like, who? People that don't have them. Right, so the the point yes. to your point it's about continuing that business, right? Continuing to all these those
1: leads. It's like, um, and because I've been doing this forever, so you when you get to a, a sales volume of say five to seven million consistently annually, like I got this flowing, you can. Kind of bank on a never bank, but you can kind of get used to a steady flow of closings coming in, but you should never stop there. Like you're still unemployed because, especially in this market that we're in, you don't know that you're ever going to make it to the closing table because things are happening left and right. They're out of our control completely. And I think most agents unfortunately ride that roller coaster where they're like, oh, I got two closings this month. And then they don't want to work and they don't want to return their calls and they don't want to work their leads. And then they go four months without a closing. Losing, it's like oh, this is a not a good place to be in because then you're in scarcity mode and you're like you said in desperation
0: what should a what should a season and i think you kind of alluded to a, a little bit now but what should a seasoned agent seasoned entrepreneur be doing during these times
1: so we teach our agents here to live by a calendar and live by your schedule. I'm, of course, up at 4 a.m. I, I, it's for It works for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but I believe everybody. It says that most millionaires and billionaires get up before the sun. It also says that readers are leaders. And it also says that the most successful people use 10% of their income for self-development. So I believe in all of those things, whether it's conferences, uh, masterminds, coaching, mentoring, whatever that is. It's imperative, especially now that you're working on your brain every single day. And so we train our agents, like have your morning routine, go from your morning routine into prospecting, which is getting on the phones, getting those relationships going and do it before noon. Because in the real estate world, once noon hits, you've got... Uh, Hopefully appointments all afternoon, but you've also got fires and inspections and all kinds of stuff coming at you. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'll make my calls in the evening. But guess what? The evening never comes because you're out there running around, putting out fires and going on appointments. So we train our agents like block out every morning. Don't be on your phone. Don't be answering text messages unless it's urgent. Use that time from 9 to 11 or 9 to 12 for making your calls, for setting appointments and following up on all of your leads so that you're setting appointments for the afternoon and then when you've done all that, and then you work your afternoon appointments or go out and visit new communities and visit builders, then you've got the evening to be with your family or to go on other
0: appointments. But you've got to have structure to your day or this industry will eat you alive. I love it. I love it. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, inversely, what should a new agent be doing today?
1: A new agent needs to be with a team. Oh, my gosh. I I was talking in front of the real estate school just today, and I was like, You guys can try to do the solo agent thing if that's what you'd like. I can tell you that that is going to be one of the hardest things you'll ever do and likely not succeed. The consumers want a big experience. They want a big team. They want to be able to find you on Google that you're part of something big and that you know what you're doing and they want an expert and they're not going to accept anything less than that. And as a new agent, it's like a shark tank out there. That consumer will eat you alive. So you've got to get part of somebody that's going to train you, number one, and like literally train you because there's so many brokers and team leaders out there that they really don't care about the agent. It's they charge the monthly dues and that's all they care about. They're just trying to stack those monthly dues just so they can get that comfort zone in to pay their operating expenses. And it's like, I'm here to make a difference. Like I don't want monthly news. I don't care about that stuff. I don't want anyone to go through what I went through in eight, nine, and ten because nobody was there to help me. Nobody, and I was at Keller Williams, Remax, I was at all those big box big box companies. No one ever was like, hey, call this person. Hey, do this. Hey, try this. They all started closing doors. The minute I started like climbing that ladder of success, it was like, oh, don't talk to her. Don't want to help her. You know? And so it forced me to just, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. And I did, but I don't, that's not the right way. I mean, if there's people out there wanting to help you be part of that, because if I could turn back the clock and had to find a group that's like the group I have, I would have joined them in a second. And it probably would have saved me five or six years of just grinding and just working my butt off, you know. But it didn't. And I think God did that. So I would learn how to be. Um, one of those out there that's like, I'm going to have zero empathy. If you're not willing to do the work, zero respect, if you're not willing to do the work, but I'm also going to have that passion for the people that are willing to do the work. I will help you. I will help you all day long. And I'll never give up.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you and I aligned so much on that. Kevin Hart said once, uh, they were criticizing him. i like, why do you give away so many of your business secrets? And he was like, because 99% of people are just not going to do it. That's and the true. 1% that does it could be my collaborator and my partner in business. So yeah. I do the same thing because you're right. Most people are just not going to do it. And I give them one shot. And if you don't do it, you know what? Maybe later, but probably not.
1: And <laughs> I don't understand it. And I probably never will because it's been boggling my mind for years. I'm like, gosh, we're telling you what to say, how to say it. We're giving you everything. You just have to do it. If, if I would have had somebody like me like helping me, oh my gosh, I could have went so far so fast. But I didn't and i don't think there's a lot of people out there like us unfortunately and i think the more this world gets into this weird world that we're in and people get more into the scarcity mindset i think the people like us are going to be even rarer which i think unfortunately means we have to keep doing this and keep uh engaging and training people and being there even when people are being crappy to us you know
0: yeah yeah no i think you're you're right on that now speaking of big experiences and big moves you made a few of those. Uh-huh. You want to tell us about the decision process around that? Yeah. One recently, I believe, not too oh, long yeah, ago. Oh yeah, I just
1: did it. We're in fact in the throes of it right now. <laughs> you know, I got my broker's license years ago after being in all the big box companies and I did it for many reasons, but the two top reasons were I saw everything I did not want to be part of. I saw people closing their doors and I saw people getting rewarded for behaviors they shouldn't be. And I saw team meetings where all the only ones that got recognized were the same people over and over and over because they were the only ones selling homes. It's like, what about these poor new agents? Like, who's there to encourage and train them? They just left here like a a beaten up like stepchild. You know, that's so wrong. And I said, I'm going to get my broker's license and we're going to do our own thing so we can have our own thing. And it grew super fast. I had 50 agents in six months, but it was like, oh my gosh, it was not profitable. It was a big freaking headache. And it kudos was to easy.
0: you. 60 in yes. six months is crazy fast it was. and it big. Was a lot.
1: And I was like, you know what? There's got to be a better way. And I was in the coaching program at the time and my coaches switched over to EXP and they brought it to my attention. And I looked at the model and the numbers made sense. So I ended up moving uh, 20 of my agents over to EXP. I left my own company and put a broker of record in charge and got rid of my company. Actually, I, I, I don't even own it anymore. And I took 20 of them and formed a mega team within eXp. And I was there for five years. And I literally just switched over. I left eXp and went to real brokerage last week. So we are in the middle and every agent came with me. Our entire team unanimously said, we believe in it. We love it. And I think what for me, and quite honestly, it is not anything against eXp. I think it's a great company, but I'm in the Houston market and in the Houston market, it's not such a great name, unfortunately. And I've been doing this for a long time. And I have a really good reputation here locally. And it was hindering our growth. And I thought, Mm. you know what, there's got to be a better way. I cannot have this happen. And I didn't want to go back independent because I don't believe in that model either. And God just answered. He introduced me to this lady I'd never met before. And she was talking to me. I was talking to her about running a team. And we were looking at her team model. And And I was expressing how unhappy I was. And she was like, well, have you ever looked at real? And I was like, no, I actually haven't. And I hadn't. And she was like, well, let's just do kind of like a side by side. Like, this is what the company does. And this is what it could look like for you and your team. And it's growing. And I saw it and I was like, oh, wow. And then I got to know the. I met the founder and I met all the people in leadership and they're just genuine good people. They believe in that underdog, which is me. It's like, That was me. No one ever was there to support me. And and no one I get put out on my own. Just here, go ahead and try to take on this world on your own. And it's always been like that. And it's like, oh, this is who I'm for, too, because you know what? I'm not going to just shout out the top people like I believe everybody can can make a difference. You know, if I can do it, so can you. And so we are super excited about our move. We've had nothing but great feedback about it. And we believe that it's going to be a game changer for our agents
0: you are an inspiration you're such a tremendous leader and I think that you are a leader of leaders right what should a leader of a team be thinking about doing right now in terms of guiding their team you obviously have a tremendous following from your people yeah so how did you how did you get that how did you get Adults <laughs> in yes. real estate, which, by the way, guys, adults in real estate is a different topic of people. Uh, there's, a, you know, so how did you get them to to follow you? What what should leaders be doing, especially in a time where a lot of people are very concerned about livelihood? They
1: are. And I think with me, I have no filter. So it is what it is. I'm going to say things you're not going to like. I'm going to, and I'm obsessed. That's one of the things I'm I'm obsessed with the market because one of my biggest pet peeves is not knowing what you're talking about. Like, that's why I say pay attention to who you're paying attention to. Like, I am not going to have our agents go talk to buyers or sellers and not be able to educate them. Never, not, not on my watch. And you're not going to be affiliated with us and act like an idiot. So I'm obsessed with learning the market and learning every, like what is going on? Like I talk to our, our agents now in our team meeting and I'm like, Not only do you need to be skilled in sales and negotiation always and and how to sell the product and how to sell real estate and all that, you now need to know about homeowner's insurance because that is at an all-time high and you need to be able to explain why. and, And let's look at this. You need to be able to talk about loans because- they're all different kinds of loan products now. And why does it cost so much to get financing? And you know what? Maybe it's not a good time for you to buy right now. And you need to be a counselor because these people that we're talking to are going through trauma because a lot of them have never seen interest rates in the sevens. And they're like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to explain all of this. And you've got to be an expert in some form or fashion over all of it, not just a, a master of none in a jack of all trades. You got to really be that expert. And I'm like, laser focused on training them and making sure they have the right resources because it's on me. Like I said, I was going to teach you guys and I am. And on our sales meetings every Monday, I know at least if they're not paying attention to anything else, they're showing up on Mondays and they're hearing it come out of my mouth so that they can go and regurgitate it back to their people, the right things, the right education, and they're going to make sense. And they're going to get that delivered from me every Monday. So I I think the biggest thing team leaders have to be doing right now. Even if you are in a position where you're not in production and you're out on a yacht and you don't have to pay attention to your team, you better be because they need you now more than ever. And it's one of those things like if if you're not paying attention to them, they're going to pay attention to somebody else. You know, they're needing that attention. They're, They're scared. They don't know where their next deal is coming from. And it's our job to make them feel like, hey, I got you, but you still have to do the work. And I'm going to educate you so that you can get out there and say exactly what is really going
0: on in our world. Perfect, perfect. I couldn't have said it better. I I asked this question. I've been asking this question the last few episodes because it's been coming up so much. And here in LA, it's like a huge topic of conversation right now. Um, artificial intelligence is that something you're worried about? How do you what do you think of it? And it's of course, as you know, it's very it's starting to trickle itself very quickly into our business right now. What are your thoughts?
1: Yep. It's a real big thing. Uh, In fact, my partner and COO, he's devoted every every Friday, we do a technology training. And so we've rolled out a six-week AI training so that our agents are up to speed. It's one of those things, I believe, that if you don't learn how to use it, it will replace you. And it's interesting because the Tom Ferry conference is going on right now. And so two days ago, Tom Ferry came out, and his belief on AI is, He thinks it's going to make us, the real estate professionals, better and more efficient in a couple of years. We'll see how fast it is. It's going so fast right now. But he's like, check this out. He said, what if. Everyone has an AI assistant and your assistant not only sets your appointments, they're cold calling for you because you've uploaded all of your contacts into the dialer. They have the script to use because it's chat GPT. They're calling, they're setting appointments for you. They're writing your transactions for you. They're writing emails for you. They're handling all of your personal business, making your hair appointments, your nail appointments and all that. And all you do as a real estate agent is what you're trained to do, which is go out and show property, negotiate contracts. Make new uh, relationships and build your business and build a team. He said, "I believe AI is going to make those that are using it actually be able to scale much faster and more profitable." And I never thought about it like that, but I was like, "Well, holy crap! I can see that."
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I think I think this is a, this is an Excel, this is an internet. I think that the faster adopters of this are going to go further sooner. Um, and I think that that it could be a moment in time where you really, like you said, scale your business uh, faster and more exponentially if you adopt it and don't resist it. Yeah. Um, I think resisting AI is going to be a, a problem for, for people in our industry.
1: I think, you know, is it scary? Have a lot of jobs been eliminated? Yes. And you know what? There's nothing we can do about that. It is what it is. It's growth and it happens all the time. But if we in the real estate world actually stay in front of our people and provide that value and build those relationships, our people, number one, want us to be successful and they trust us. And that's what it is. It's like, they're not going to trust robots. They're going to know that you've got robots writing your stuff because everybody's going to be doing it. But it's going to be you on the phone with them. It's going to be you going face to face going, hey, I know you're going through a divorce right now. I know Mm -hmm. we need to sell your home. This unfortunately is the numbers on your home. It's going to be you sitting in their living room or at their kitchen table doing that. And it's going to be you out there with a buyer going, you know what, I really don't want you to buy this house. That foundation is doomed and you're in a declining neighborhood. Do not buy here. It's not a smart investment. Can robots do that? They can look at the numbers and do an analytical thing, but they can't build that face-to-face relationship that we can do. And as long as we keep doing that and keep staying in front of our people and then using the tools to help us, I think we'll be just fine. I think we'll actually be more profitable.
0: I agree with you 100%. Trisha, thank you so much for your authenticity. Thank you for your straightforwardness. Thank you for your leadership. I, I've enjoyed so much talking to you. And I love that we align in so many things. I think that's super cool. Um, yeah. Tell the people how they can get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you yeah. and the website, socials, all that.
1: Oh yeah, we're all over social media, of course, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Google, everywhere. But the easiest way is just to go to calltrishaturner.com but you got to spell it right. It's T-R-I-C-I-A, calltrishaturner.com. Everything's there, links to all of our social. You can schedule a call and we're happy like to get on, you know, a call with anybody and help because real estate's hard. And I believe if we do it together, we're better together.
0: A hundred percent. Guys, follow Trisha. She is a wealth of knowledge and we'll catch you on the next one.